Welcome to the Untold Podcast, capturing the culture's imagination through speculative fiction. I'm your host, Nathan James Norman. Okay, we're ready to share our big announcement after this month's story, because, you know, (laughs) dramatic tension and all that. Well, our story this month was written by myself, your host, Nathan James Norman. You can follow me on Twitter at NathanJNorm, or subject yourself to my sermons at OrchardChurch.net, and read my blog, which covers topics like Beowulf, comics, humor, infertility, theology, music, and writing over at www.nathanjamesnorman.com. You can also follow me on Pinterest, Pinterest, Pinteresting, Pinter, pin, pin, or whatever it is, where I pin pictures of action figures, people preaching, and untold podcast covers. Just head over to my website for the link. So now, the Untold Podcast is reluctant to present... The True Light by Nathan James Norman. This story begins as many stories begin, with a mighty warrior. But unlike so many tales and legends, this knight of nobility carried no sword, owned no armor, and had never ridden a horse, let alone possess one. You might ask yourself, What manner or sort of warrior carries no sword, no armor, and owns no horse? And indeed, many have asked that very question of this soldier. Only, when they behold our hero, they do not ask, Who is he? Rather, they ask, Who is she? Of our heroine. Now you must keep in mind, this story is only one of the many tales our young heroine has lived, and only a glimmer of the life she shall live. It is a story worth telling, though. It is a journey of a woman named Luminester. Ages ago, in a small riverside town known as Doro, a forgotten evil beset the land. Ancient texts referred to it as the Verm, and as its namesake implied, it came from beneath the ground. A sort of wretched, wingless dragon, the Verm was awoken from its slumber by the greed and malice of man which comes from the acquisition of knowledge without wisdom. For you see, the people of Doro knew of the Verm, but lacked the wisdom to leave it buried under rock and flame. In their curiosity, they unearthed it. It was not soon after the Verm walked upon the earth that many of the townspeople fled for the nearby mountains. They hid themselves within the caves known as the Gunks. The Verm was horrible indeed, Its breath of fire consumed all the wheat harvest on the countryside. Entire grazing fields were sprinkled in the blood of sheep and cattle like newly fallen snow. The town itself was void of vitality, of laughter, and hope. Men, robbed of their courage, hid amongst rats in the basements and sewers of the town. Faces of children were gray with the dullness of a pre-dawn morning. Death stood on the edge of town, whispering laments of doom. Just when it seemed the Verm would finish the town entirely, a lone hero rode into Doro as the first rays of dawn licked the town's edge. 
On his white horse, the hero caught the beast unaware and struck his sword into the verm's underbelly. The monster flailed and shuddered, spitting fire and howls of profanity about as its life began to dim. While still twitching, and not quite dead yet, the hero removed his sword and rode away on his white horse without looking back. As the verm died, its blood erupted from the gaping wound, and, as if it consciously knew the direction it headed, spewed its way into the gunks and filled the caves with a venom of darkness. The gunks were a winding labyrinth of passageways, with only one narrow opening to go in or come out. As the cowardice of man would have it, the longer the verm had been terrorizing the town, the deeper the people had fled into the caves. So when the blood of the verm creature filled the cave with blackness, no one could find their way back out. For years afterwards, the citizens of Doro tried to venture into the caves and find their lost kin. But the darkness they found within was unlike any they had ever seen. It was a sort of unnatural darkness, you see. In the normal way of things, any light will cause darkness to flee. But the vapors of the dragon's blood were more potent than the usual darkness. And going against the usual order of things, the darkness of the cave consumed any light which it came into contact with. It was a braver darkness. It was a bolder darkness. It did not flee from any light the people of Darrow brought near it. They brought their lanterns and torches, bonfires and glowing stones. But inside the opening to the gunks, just away from the inflow of the sun, their torches were worthless, burning things of black. Darrow would have given up on its loved ones lost inside the gunks years after they did. But they could hear them. Not all the time, mind you, and rarely more than once a month, if even that. In the night, though, a cold, cold winter night when nothing moved or crept, and the wind blew gently and surely from the mountains to the town, moans could be heard. Year after year, there were sounds in the darkness, reminding the people of Doro there were survivors trapped in the caves. They called them the Whimpers of Winter. They were haunted by distant voices, but could do nothing. Which brings us to the current happenings of Doro. Luminester came into Daro as the skirts of spring were just barely beginning to melt the snow and shine brighter the sun. Her entrance was barely noticed as she took up meager shelter in the local hostel. A woman of short stature, wearing a brown hooded cloak, was a sight barely worth remembering. It was only when she divulged her intentions of freeing the citizens lost in the gunks that attention was given to her. So much attention was arisen, in fact, that she was brought before the mayor of the town, Regent Tenflood. Tenflood was an impressive man. His height exceeded most doorframes, and his deep, bellowing voice easily talked over even the most arrogant of speakers. With age, he had begun to develop a bit of a belly, 
but he still remained an intimidating man. Well, Luminester was brought before him as soon as wind of her mission caught Tenflood's ear. Entering the regent's office, our heroine cleared the doorframe with quite a few feet to spare, mind you. She removed the hood of her cloak and bowed. Flowing with elegance, her long, blonde hair fell to rest on her shoulders. Her dark eyes twinkled with a sort of purity the regent had forgotten even existed. And she wore a half-smile that communicated gentleness, but also confident authority. He was stunned for a moment, only briefly, but stunned nonetheless. Regaining his composure swifter than most would have, he extended his mammoth hand, and nearly consuming Luminester's petite hand, he offered her a chair. Please have a seat. I am Tenflood, the regent of this town. I have been told of your desire to pilgrim into the gunks. He shook his head, searching for the name of the young beauty sitting in his office. Luminester smiled and paused, slightly smiling a smirk as she controlled the conversation. My name is Luminester, and as you know, I have come into Doro to venture into the gunks and to guide the lost into the light of day. Leaning back into his chair, Tenflood laughed, a sobering laugh. <laughs> My dear, do you know how many have gone before you? For years the bravest and boldest soldiers went into those hollows with torches and swords. Some never came out, and others made it only a few hundred yards before the darkness overcame them. I know that, sir, but, the regent cut into her thought, one warlock braved the caves with glowing stones he said were from the moon itself. He never came back. Another fearless soul, uh, Darren the Deafening, I think they called him, had the loudest lungs in the world, or so it was said. He went in calling for the lost, and none would answer him. His gaze became condescending as he continued. Another one of our citizens tied a rope around his waist and ventured into the gunks. The thought was that he could find his way out by following the rope back. I actually thought he would succeed. He shook his head. Do you know what happened? No. Four hours in, the rope went limp. When they pulled it out, it was covered in blood and blackness. Something actually ate through the rope. Tenflood leaned forward again and looked Luminester right in the eyes. Countless other attempts have failed, and each equally ingenious and brilliant. We have come to the conclusion that the lost shall remain lost. So, in order not to lose any further life, I signed into law an edict to forbid travel into the gunks. Luminester did not flinch outwardly. I know. The mayor was aghast with disbelief. He did not try and hide it from his face. You impetuous little imp, defying my law, you have the pluck to come into my presence? Putting up a calming hand of peace, the heroine defended her calling. With respect to your office, your laws, and yourself, I answer to a higher calling and a higher law. A higher law than mine? 
His voice boomed well outside of the office. How do you expect to save the lost? Heroes of bold stature and stout hearts have failed, and you carry with you no sword, own no armor, and look as if you have never ridden a horse, let alone possess one. So please, illuminate my understanding, and tell me in the name of this higher law how you expect to save the lost. From within her cloak, Luminester began pulling out a long staff. The regent could suddenly only see white. He threw his hands over his eyes and began squinting. Through half-trembling fingers, he could see the staff was half a head taller than she. And as she continued pulling it from beneath her coverings, the regent quietly wondered how such a large object could have been produced from the woman's cloak. The staff was tall, rugged, and strong. Time had certainly weathered it to a firm brown color. On top of the staff there was a lantern of sorts, hanging loosely in its bend. The lantern was round and gold, coming to a subtle point at its top. Inside the lantern, of course, shone the blinding light, intense as love. The office was sufficiently lit already, but the illumination from the lantern washed the walls white with its overpowering brilliance. This is how, Luminester stated plainly. Turning his head away, Ten Flood flapped his hand in her direction. Put it away, put it away, I've seen enough. Luminester complied. Blinking, trying to retreat the blindness from his eyes, the regent questioned Luminester. Where did you find such a radiant lantern? As his vision returned, Ten Flood began subtly looking over the woman, trying to discern where she had hidden the staff. The wood elves of the east have a kingly king. The wood elves led me to him, and I was compelled into his presence. A smile of jubilation began growing on Luminester's face as she couldn't contain her excitement as she recounted her experience. His heart, they say, is the very sun. Many call him a king among kings, and of all the other kings who ever were, none can compare. Smirking in his chair, the regent asked, I have heard of the wood elf king. What say you of him? I say he is who they say he is. Tenflood shook his head. <laughs> I have never been so impressed. Continue. Nodding her head in regard, the heroine did as she was told. Seeing him and hearing his voice, I swore fealty to him and only him as I bowed my face to the ground. Then... I felt a soft hand on my head. I thought it was one of the guards or servants entreating me to leave. But when I looked up, my eyes were met with the king's soft stare. Luminester stopped for a moment, overcome by the mere memory of it all. She could still see his eyes. She could still hear his voice as if he spoke even now. In return for my devotion, he gave me the talisman of glory. The light which shines within it is the very light of the sun. 
The talisman is mine to carry forever, but the light shining within it belongs to the king. Stroking the stubble on his chin, the regent silently pondered for a moment as he mentally digested the story set before him. Interesting story, but still. This light you have is great, but I doubt it is the light of the sun. Why? He smirked. While it was truly bright, I felt no heat. Now, Luminester smiled. I was only given the light of the sun, not its wrath. You have all the answers, don't you? Tenflood mumbled under his breath before looking at the young woman sitting in his office. She certainly had spirit, and perhaps a touch of insanity. My dear, I would not like to see such a pretty young lady throw her life away on an impossible journey. The light-bearer stood, suddenly and out of turn. Will you have me arrested if I travel into the gunks? Tenflood stood in response, and dwarfing Luminester came to stand face to face with her. You do not understand the nature of the darkness in the gunks. It is nearly alive and will consume the brightest of lights, even with the best intentions. Looking at the region, with an authority of one much larger, she asked again, Will you allow me passage into the caves? Regent Tenflood sighed, turned, and headed back to his desk. Yes, you can go, but this is folly. He sat down and barely regarded her. Remember that this is foolishness, and you are a fool to undertake this. Then, in my foolishness, I hope to become wise. With that, Luminester left the mayor's office. Tenflood shook his head. What a waste. What a beautiful waste. Luminester did not even stop back at the hostel. She immediately began to travel through the town, to the gunks. A few small crowds of mockers and scoffers heckled her as she reached the edge of Doro. Their words of disdain would have grieved most and crushed others, not Luminester. Her spirit was as pure and true as her mission. The mockery only solidified her resolve as she began the day-and-a-half walk to the gunks. As the day began to grow dark, several waylayers emerged from beneath the rocks and trees along the path. Give us everything, or give us nothing, and have us take everything, they hissed. So in compliance, she handed them her meager purse of gold. You must remember that she still wore her brown hood, so when she removed her hood to give them her cloak, the robbers were devilishly delighted. Luminester threw her cloak off, and the piercing light from the hidden talisman below bore its way into the bandits' hearts, joints, and marrow. They fled into the shadows of the world. The light was greater than their resolve. As they ran, they clutched tightly to the purse of gold and caught up Luminester's cloak from the ground, but it did not matter. They took nothing of lasting consequence. 
she still held onto the talisman of glory. Continuing into the night, her path was lit brightly by the talisman, her long blonde hair trailing behind her like a banner of purity and truth. Many hours later, she moved through the jagged and high rocks which served as a pass to the entrance of the gunks. Something brushed past her shoulder. Turning, she saw only rock and dirt. A cold wind, colder than cold, whipped across her face and chilled her to the heart. Luminester continued forward, her determination never waning. She was terribly close to the gunks. Around a bend and over a hill, the light bearer allowed a gasp to escape from her lips. Her heart was now frozen solid, as well as her resolve. In front of the entrance to the caves, several ghosts, shadows, and wraiths hovered in wait. Luminester recognized them. They were the disembodied memories, deeds, and tragedies of days gone past. These revenants haunted the minds of heroes with regrets, and what if, or if only I had? The shadows reminded her of her failures. The ghost showed her the greatness she could have had if only she had made good choices. And the wraiths spoke to her of an entire life of dark inadequacies. Luminester was insufficient. The shadows of her past did not lie to her, nor did the ghosts and wraiths which haunted her. They swirled about her mind in their black and ashen robes. Their decayed faces frightened her heart. Their raspy, gurgling, muted voices threw her soul into despair. She should go back. Everything she touched crumbled to ruin. She was such a fool. Nothing she ever did made the least amount of difference. She was worthless. She closed her eyes and bowed her head. Tears stung her face and began flowing down her subtle cheeks. She could have been standing there, crying, for an entire day, before finally opening her eyes. Still staring down, her eyes first beheld dirt and the bottom of the talisman. Following her gaze up the strong staff, her eyes rested on the immaculate light shining inside the lantern. Then... Something reached out from the lantern and rested on her mind and heart. A voice, quiet and calm, peaceful and gentle, spoke to her in the innermost place of her soul. It was a familiar voice. She had heard it many years ago in the eastern land of the Wood Elves. Luminester heard the voice of the king. Why do you weep, child? All was now quiet except the voice of the king, but even the king spoke in the solitude and gentle places of Luminester. I cannot go on, Luminester whispered. Her words barely escaped her lips. No, you cannot. The tears began flowing from Luminester's eyes more freely than before as the voice paused. That is why I go with you. I have given you my heart 
to be with you in all the dark places you must walk. She shuddered between tears. My past stands in the way of obedience. I cannot ignore my failures, my tainted heart. My love, my love, do not let such lovely eyes be darkened by ugly tears of the past. I would not love you so if your past mattered. I would have not given you my heart if I did not desire you. Tears still fell, but they turned into tears of gratitude. Do not listen to the phantoms of your life. Listen to me. With tears of joy washing away the tears of regret, Luminester began walking through the shadows, ghosts, and wraiths of her former life. With the talisman of glory before her footsteps, she entered into the gunks. The darkness was viscous. It swirled and oozed about the gunks like a watery vapor. As soon as she was inside, the darkness enveloped her. It would have consumed her, except for the light of the sun, which she carried. It battled away the darkness just enough so she could see a man's length in all directions. She could see further, but as the distance from the light grew, the darkness made her sight dimmer. Luminester walked for hours through the twisting, shifting tunnels of the gunks before she heard anything. A green, fuzzy, and slimy substance lined the outskirts of the walls and floor. It smelled foul and rank. The light bearer scrunched her nose in disdain. The smell didn't concern her. The possibility of becoming lost herself did. She was already becoming disoriented. Murmurs ahead of her briefly banished her fear, and she walked quicker towards them, her heart racing faster with each step. Several pale creatures came into view. They were hunched over on their hands and knees, licking the green scum off the cave. Wearing tattered clothing, they began howling and screaming as Luminester approached. What? 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 They cried in unison. Putting out her hand with her palm facing up, she tried to calm them. I have come to bring you out of these caves, back to Doro. There was about five or six of them, and they began screaming fearful screams of forgotten memories. They covered their ears and eyes like confused children. One of them began running away, deeper into the gunks, and the others followed. Wait! Luminester gave chase following the sounds of their fleeing footsteps up ahead. They ran into holes and crevices, jumping over walls and turning down curly corridors, until finally she lost them all. Now she was really disoriented. Fear began welling up in her heart. She tried to subdue it as she rested for a moment, staring into the talisman. As she sat there, she could hear movement nearby. It was soft, but definitely there, 
So she herself began speaking softly. I have come from Doro, outside of these caves. Don't be afraid of the light. I'll lead you out of here and into the sun. She came into a small cavern, and as the light spilled over the darkness, she saw four individuals, two men and two women. They stood for a moment, bewildered by the light, squinting as they beheld the sight they had nearly forgotten. As their eyes overcame the initial shock of the light, they began looking at themselves and each other. They were all naked and covered in filthy grime. Seeing their nudity, the four fled from the light and each other to hide in the dark. They hid just outside of the light's reach. Luminester called out to them, It doesn't matter what you look like. Follow me out. No one will condemn you. For a few moments, she could hear their breaths as they pondered her offer. But one by one, they crept away, their breathing quieter and their footsteps soft. Luminester did not give chase. Quite frustrated, she began wandering the halls, hoping to find some to follow her out. How could they walk away from their salvation? They ate scum from the ground. They saw nothing and yet ran away from the only thing that could lead them out of this depraved place. Why would anyone stay in this wretched cave? While pondering all this, she came into what seemed to be a small living place. A thin, aging man was sitting inside. As she drew near, his eyes grew large and a smile pursed his lips. Ah, yes, I remember. I remember the light. You, you, you must be from that, that town. He scratched his head, searching for more, but his mind had long given up holding onto dead memories. A feeling of relief came over Luminester. Here was someone who would follow her out. Yes, I am from the town outside, Doro. The man nodded his head. Horrible firm they have in that town, I hear. That's why we're all down here, you know. Luminester took a step closer to the man, who still sat. I know, but the dragon was slain years ago. It's safe to come back to Doro. He coughed a bit and looked up at her with bewildered eyes. Years ago? Then why didn't anyone ever come in after us until now? She put a comforting hand on his shoulder. They tried to. The darkness of this cave consumes the light. And why does your torch there give light? My torch belongs to the sun. It is the greatest light ever formed. Regarding the light with respect, the man coughed again. I see. He turned away from her. Well, thank you for letting me see the light again. Good day, good day. With her hands still on the man's shoulder, Luminester shook her head. You can come with me. I have come to bring you back to the sunlight. The old man, with an old look on his pale face, placed his hand over the woman's. Uh, thank you. I, I cannot go with you. What? Luminester stared at him in disbelief. I have made a life for myself here. I can't leave all this behind. He gestured across the room. There was a makeshift bed of stones and debris, 
with a tattered cloth on top of it. Besides, I have a brother in the town. I've always hated him. I could never admit it, though. Years of being trapped in here finally allowed me to accept my true feelings for him. I would never find such freedom out there. He squeezed her hand and slid it off his shoulder. Luminester stumbled for words. You live with nothing, though. You eat scum. Come with me into the light. But the man's mind was made up as he shook his head and looked away. Please leave. I'm, I'm happy here. In many circumstances, Luminester may have stayed and spoken with the man for longer. But in her dismay, she backed out of the man's hovel and began wandering the tunnels again. Her heart felt as if it would burst with sorrow. How could anyone choose this life? She came across many who fled from the light. Others spoke with her, but ultimately rejected the offer of a world where light reigns. One believed himself to be hallucinating, mumbling something about eating bad slime. Another thought her to be some devil of the worm, come to coax them out of hiding. A few repeated the sentiments of the lone man. Most ran away. Luminester had assumed that going into the gunks, bearing a blessed light, would be enough to lead everyone out. It had never occurred to her the denizens of the gunks wouldn't want to leave. So it would seem the regent was correct, she whispered to herself. This was foolishness. Tears might have welled up inside her eyes. Only now, she was too tired and famished. Her stomach growled in extreme hunger, and although it went against her nature, she humbled herself and took some of the slimy moss from the wall of the cave and ate some of it. Not very appealing, is it? A voice crept out of the darkness. She swallowed it. No, not at all. Looking around, she asked, Where are you? Over here. Taking the talisman of glory, she slowly drew near the voice. A small crowd of men, women, and children, all dirty and wearing unkept clothing, had been standing behind her. With her confidence shattered, she gave her offer to those before her, but with a tired heart and quivering lips. I am from the world outside. Follow me outside, into the world of the light, into the world of the sun. Tears fell from some of their eyes. One man, pale and gray, stepped forward. We have always hoped this day would come. We heard talk of your presence here, and we have come. I am Kelset, and these, he gestured across the cavern, are my friends, family, enemies, and kin. He extended his hand. Now, Luminester began to tear. She took his hand. I am Luminester. Let's find our way to the light. Kelset shook her hand for a moment, then embraced her as he allowed his pride to dissolve and his tears flowed in jubilation. Thank you! Kelset reeked, but Luminester did not care and returned the embrace. We were once lost, but now are found. 
Kelset held onto her for a moment longer before letting her go. They walked through the gunks for many days and added to their numbers daily. Luminester only had a vague semblance of the direction they should be traveling. She herself had become quite disoriented in the darkness. Kelset and the others followed her, though. They followed not because of who she was, but because of what she carried. And what she carried was only a prelude and a shadow of the true brilliance of the sun. By the time they emerged from the gunks, their number had reached fifty-eight. Groping and wandering around the labyrinth had placed them in contact with so many. Luminester always told those she met that she wasn't positive of the way, but they still followed her. Most still ran, but a few saw the memory of another world, a better way, and followed. The darkness could not confound them. It could not rob them of their hope anymore. They had all seen the light, and the lost knew that they were not lost anymore. It was, of course, daytime, when they all crawled out from the world of despair and into the world of illumination. They rubbed their eyes, they danced, they sang, and they cried. And the light of the sun shone upon the hearts and minds and souls of those who were once lost. The light of hope was made anew within them, and joy became their clothing of praise. Luminester walked away from the crowd and looked out across the open plains. Thank you, she whispered into the warm breeze. She had gone into the gunks to save all and had rescued a few. It was worth it. The memory of the king echoed in her quiet soul. I have given you my heart to be with you in all the dark places you must walk. Looking back to the gunks, Luminester knew that she would return to the caves. Soon. The scoffers would continue to mock. The shadows of the past would haunt her dreams at times. But her heart was true and brave. If she didn't undertake this task, who would? The magicians, warlocks, warriors, and heroes of Darrow could not enter the caves. The light they carried were burning lies, facades, and facsimiles of the sun. Luminester carried a true light, a light from the heart of the king, made from the sun. And as she lived her life of humility, she carried always the talisman of glory by her side. It shone not only in the black caves and caverns, but also in the dark labyrinths of dying souls. My friends, she spent her days living for the king of the wood elves and lighting the world with her beauty. And that was our story. I hope you liked it. Confession time. I wrote this story for my wife while we were still dating in the hopes to impress her into marrying me. Well, it must have worked because she said yes. So for all our single male listeners, give it a shot. Write a young lady a short story and see what happens. Or better yet, pay me a ridiculous amount of money to ghostwrite a story for the lady you're trying to woo. Sorry, no refunds. So 
Now it's time for our big announcement. This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network. For more great content and community, visit ChristianGeekCentral.com. That's right. Last month, the Untold Podcast was invited to become a member of the Christian Geek Central Network. We joined up with the Spirit Blade Underground Podcast and the Strangers and Aliens Podcast to bring you even more insight and voices into the geek culture. I'm excited about this new partnership, and I'd encourage you to head over to ChristianGeekCentral.com to check out the other podcasts and the various reviews on everything from films to comics up at the website now. So, until next time. I leave you with my favorite line from the story. I have given you my heart to be with you in all the dark places you must walk. 